at the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Theria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, Golden Books, Comics, Mini-Comics, Origins, Classics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Master of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo down in the corner. <laughs> I'm Matthew Gooch. I'm here with... There you are. Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing tonight? Doing okay. I actually, uh, I dipped my toe into a Powerhouse Animation Studios uh, series. Just in the last couple days, The Blood of Zeus is out on Netflix. And uh, I was, I haven't, I haven't watched the whole thing. I've watched the first four episodes and, and it's, it's kind of in my, hey, they're doing He-Man. We're <laughs> about to see something from them that could be similar to what we're seeing here next year. So, so, so according to Kevin Smith, six to nine months. Six I always to like nine to remind people. <laughs> so you're liking the story, the animation, both? What's what's uh, what's tickling your fans without going spoilery here? Because I ha- I haven't seen it yet. Um, I didn't realize it was out. I'm I'm not going to be able to go spoilery to be honest because I didn't I I have to rewatch it to go over the minute details. Uh, Greek mythology was never my strong suit. There's elements of it that I remember from like in I took Latin. Mm-hmm. They made us take Latin when I was in seventh grade, so I vaguely remember some of those stories. And those are coming into play in this. They're going legit with um the the, the mythology. Yeah of the gods and the mythology of, of a lot of the names that you'll hear on the show. Um, the story is pretty adult. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like the Greek gods meets Castlevania. If anybody's watched the Castlevania series, a uh, lot of blood, a lot of violence doesn't shy away from it, which I'm pretty impressed by uh, animation is it's pretty good, although the episode I was just watching, I felt like the animation was a little less spectacular in a few scenes. Looked a little more rushed than I expected out of Powerhouse. Um, but honestly, it's it's interesting, and it's holding my attention enough to go, I'll probably rewatch this and really get my bearings on this, because I don't remember 
I'm horrible when it comes to new things. I don't remember names at all. Like it takes me a few times to remember people's names in general. So watching a new series and having all these characters thrown at me nine out of 10 times, I'm like, you know, that guy, the the blonde guy. And then there's the brown haired guy. And then there's the woman. I'm that guy. I'm actually, that's viewers. That's the only reason I still introduce ourselves at the beginning of the show. Because otherwise Sean (laughs) won't know who I am. Like that guy with the glasses that knows too much about E Man. He wants to talk about it all the time. He likes to call me and say, Hey, let's let's do a show and I say, Okay, kind man, right. let's do things. Let's do things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um I if I'd say how do I want to put it? I would say if you like masters and you're curious to see what they're going to do, like getting an idea at least of maybe the feel that we might be getting, it's worth a look, honestly. Um uh, it, it's not He-Man by any means. It's very much Greek gods, the mythology, like like I was saying. But they take it seriously. So it gives that kind of a grounding to what we could be getting coming out next year with Revelation. So nice, nice. cross fingers. Yeah. Let's see what happens. I'll have to check that out. And I still need to check out Castlevania. I haven't done that. Oh, really? Yeah, you no, haven't even I tried haven't. that one yet. <laughs> okay. You know, it's hard sometimes when you get, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. When you got, oh, the, I... you got the kids and you got adult <laughs> themed stuff that you want to watch and yet they always seem sure. to be underfoot, you know, or, and then when you do get time, then it's like, okay, but now it's mine and my wife's time. So now what, do, what do we watch? You know what I mean? So, exactly. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, Castlevania, it's, Definitely not a kid's one, obviously. This one's not a kid's one. I haven't seen anything Powerhouse has done that is a kid's one. It's all animation that I've seen, and all of it just feels like you should be at least rated R to watch these things, and that's impressive. Right. Yeah, no, I gotta I gotta check it out one of these days. Hopefully. Hopefully soon. Uh something <laughs> I wanted to bring up right quick, and I came across this getting ready. For tonight's episode, and uh, it's not Masters, but it's it's very much Masters adjacent, and I don't know if you remember it or not. I want to know what our viewers think, if they wouldn't mind us taking, uh, uh, not tonight, but uh, taking some time off of Masters and talking about a wonderful series from around the same time called Tales of the Realm. You, ever, you remember this, Sean? I have seen it, but I've actually never read it. Yep, it's from... Uh, it's it was published by MV Creations, which of course is the company uh, owned by Val Staples that gave us many wonderful mm-hmm. Masters of the Universe comics. Uh, it was it was out around the same time, and uh, only went one vo- one uh, one volume. Unfortunately, there was supposed to be a second one, but it never came out, and I don't know why. Um, some some good names here actually. Uh, Robert Kirkman, you ever heard of him? Yep. He, uh, he, yeah, he, he did the he story. He might have a future. Yeah, he might, he might, he might have some future <laughs> in writing. He did the story he for might. this. Uh, Matt Tyree was the artist, and Mike Garcia was the colorist. Um, okay. And basically, it's, it's set in a fantasy realm, but that is also modern. Here, I'll, I'll read you. I'll read you the little description here. Uh, 
What if we rode dragons to work every day? What if myth and fantasy were real? The realm is full of the hustle and bustle of life of the earth as it is today, with a little twist. Dragons and ogres, sword and sorcery are the norms in the realm, seamlessly blended with our familiar human counterparts. Follow the stars of Tales of the Realm, the realm's hit TV series, as they strive to make it big in the industry. What adventures await them as they move toward the big screen? And that's basically it. It follows these three actors who star in a fantasy TV series as they get sucked into a real world, well, real world to them adventure. So, kind of the three amigos, but with hmm. uh, with with fantasy magic and uh, awesome creatures. It's a very good read if you guys haven't read it before. Um, Interesting. I just had to give huh. I had to give that a, a good plug here because I was digging through my comics, finding out what we are going to talk about tonight, and it was just like, uh, you know, I was looking so forward to the second volume of that, and unfortunately, it never came out. For for like two seconds, I thought they should have grounds to sue Disney and <laughs> Pixar because earlier yeah. this year they Very they uh, like had that. onward mm-hmm. and uh and that to me was one of the greatest movies i've seen in a while with how the story that was one that i had no interest in seeing at all i yeah, me neither. i typically i like fantasy to be fantasy i don't like it when it turns into oh here's real life and now all of a sudden we have pegasus is flying around but people <laughs> are also on iPhones yeah. and it's like i i hate that it's it i don't like the juxtaposition of that at all but it was one of those movies that my my daughter was home from school, yep. and it was like a you know a teacher conference day or something, and I'm there with her and I go let's go to the movies. This onward movie came out. By the time I left that movie theater, <laughs> I'm like that is genuinely one of the freaking coolest Disney movies I've ever seen because of the way they wrote it, and it sounded like that up to a certain. it's that same kind of world the reality tv thing though but it sounds like the world is very similar but the premise of the story is going to be like nothing like i've seen it onward no but yeah it's that same kind of setting where it's like a modern day yeah i just flipped out there's like bars and and like the one guy's in a nightclub and they're dancing and they're drinking Mm -hmm. and everything but then the the tv is a magic mirror on the wall you know stuff like that okay okay um okay yeah very well done I'm gonna have to find a way cool. for you to, to read through that because it's 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 very good and of course there's there's lots of wonderful nods to masters and many other fantasy franchises. <laughs> so um Did Kirkman write that one? Kirkman wrote it. Or he just Yeah, no. Oh I am surprised he wrote that. That's something that it, it never I I've heard of how many things he's written, but I've never heard that listed in his in his biography or, or whatever is, is he must not talk about whatever it. you would call it. He must you not know, talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, I don't know, but that, that kind of makes me sad that, you know, but everybody has like, you know, if he talks, for instance, I'd say Kirkman nowadays would be almost like the modern Stan Lee. Cause of so many people gravitating to his work and enjoying it yeah. in that way. And it's like Stan Lee had so many things that after a while, it's like, well, he did Spider-Man, and he get, right. he had X-Men, and he created Hulk. Then after a certain point, you're like, he's done all these other things, but people just go, but those are the main hits. These are the greatest hits of, all, of what he's done in this well, career. Just, so. Well, look, look at J. Michael Straczynski. Everyone's like, oh, that's, yeah. you know, he's Babylon 5, and this, and he's and it's like, well, he was She-Ra too, and they're like, yeah, we don't talk about that. He doesn't, yep. don't tell Jay, yep. don't ask him about that, you know? <laughs> 
Um, Bruce Tim, he's another one. Like he got his start. Yeah. He worked for Filmation and he did books and mini comics. Uh, and that was like his entry into the business. But I mean, it, it, but if you ever read anything about him, it's Bruce Tim, you know, creator of Batman, the animated series and justice yeah. league. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't put, you know, uh, animator at Filmation or, you know, mini comic artist or anything like that. So, uh, which is yeah, and his but... his uh, his He Man, especially in that uh, Horde record book, yeah. the, the the one that he did in that that that's up there with like the Alcala He Man for me. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's it's so good what his take on Masters is, and uh, I mean, like uh, then and the thing is now he does them looking like the JL uh, JLU or the Justice League yeah. and the. Batman anime, and for me, I'm like, I don't like that. It's too simplistic. The way he did it in that book was the best version of cartoon yeah. meets the the action way I was playing with these figures and stuff. So yeah, he he made a mark whether or not he accepts yeah. that being a part of his cred. You can, I don't care; it still works. The thing <laughs> is, you can still see even in the mini comics, you can see that uh, that Batman the animated series style starting to develop. Like he, it's still yeah. it's a it's a step closer to that that you know i mean it's not all the way there but you can see the style that he's going for especially like the mini yeah. comics where i'm sure they were just like yeah just draw he-man like we just need he-man on this mm-hmm. page it does, we don't we don't get bogged down in the nitty-gritty you know yeah uh, and he was one of the few to work for not only in the classic series but the new adventures series he did a couple of those mini comics so i mean he yeah bruce tim was was invested deep into the into the franchise and now he just doesn't talk about it <laughs> so. dc is just like don't don't do it don't don't talk about this just talk about what we've done because it's good yeah which is is i'm not gonna deny that but oh yeah i mean yeah. He, he deserves all the praise all of it i mean he's he made batman for a generation he made i mean when i think of certain heroes uh, dc heroes like uh, justice league is my reference point you know uh mm-hmm. especially if you uh, you know i didn't follow comics you know every title every month so like for some guys like the question or booster gold and stuff like that's where i saw them growing up i never saw them in you know any of the comics i was reading or anything it was just you know some great episodes of justice league so mm-hmm. oh and thank you guys for joining us on our Justice League Unlimited podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's talk about for the man who is everything. <laughs> I always thought that episode was really boring. Actually, I uh, oh I it, well here we go rabbit hole. It's, it, I I didn't. I'll say I appreciate I, it. It is a good episode. I'm not I'm not going to take that away from it. But I I think it's rated higher than I feel it should be. Now go. I. Here's the thing. Up until that episode, Wonder Woman was never a character that was displayed in that power set mm-hmm. for me. I I didn't really read Wonder Woman too often. So when you have someone like Mongol, yeah, and it's like, okay, Superman's down for the count. He's not even in this. He's off in La La Land, and you have the other big two of the Trinity – and the fact that Batman can't physically go up yeah. against Mongol, he will die. 
Wonder Woman is their last hope, and you see her going so hard against him. I was sitting there just entertained to the nines, just going like, I can't believe I'm getting to see Wonder Woman in that way. And then you even have a moment where Batman says, please, because he knows if Clark doesn't snap out of this, they're screwed. I love it. Because Batman barely ever does that. And that was just so cool. And the minute that you get Superman back in that episode, and the whole, you took everything from me, and it, it burn, and he shoots him with the heat vision. It's like, holy crap. Like, they pushed it to a level that I was not, I, I was never exposed to. Right. I, it's not like I wasn't ready for it, but it, they did it in such a great way on that episode where I was like, whoo. It's like Wonder Woman in action, too. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is uh, it is a pure character driven story there in that one. It is. It is. It, it is. is a good episode. It just seems like that's everyone's go to. Like, it, oh, that's you know, um, yeah. Ah, it's a good episode. It's a good. One. No, I, it's it's not my all time favorite, but I loved what it gave us right. with that episode. Is what I'll say. There's one. And that, it just reminded me of it. One great moment. <laughs> this really is the this, Justice League podcast. <laughs> apparently. Apparently we need to do a Justice League one as well. Um, and actually, this is from uh, the new Batman Adventures. Um, and I can't remember the name of the episode. But it was where uh, Batman was missing. And Robin was trying to, like, keep everything under control. But he just, it, Tim Drake Robin, the new Batman Adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, but he would just wasn't doing well, and Superman shows up, and he's like, what's going on? And they, they set off to find uh, uh, Bruce, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a, uh, and I think if I recall correctly, it ended up being, uh, was it a Brainiac scheme? I can't remember who the villain Just one part has always stuck with me, and that's that's towards the end of it, because Superman has dressed up as Batman. Um, mm-hmm. to so that to try and figure out what happened to Bruce, and so it's like towards the end, and whoever the villain is is like fighting who he thinks is Batman, mm-hmm. and the costume ends up like coming off, and he's like, "Oh, we're gonna find out who," or maybe it was was it Luther? Maybe it was Lex Luther. He's like, "We're gonna find out who Batman really is." He's Superman because he's still got like the Superman. <laughs> costume on underneath and everything so awesome that uh that 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 one has that moment has always i can't remember the specifics of the episode but that singular moment has always stuck with me uh there's uh, i know i've heard that story i don't i i and i didn't see many of the batman animated series ones growing up but i feel like i have seen that one because it sounds I, I've seen all of that somewhere. Yeah, no, and that's one of those episodes that I I would appreciate because I always like that when if you could swap a character and the expectation is completely out the window and then the villain's like, oh crap, right? <laughs> it's like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a good episode just for that. Same as uh, last one, I promise. Uh, and I know I brought this one up to you before, but. Uh, the great uh, brain robbery. Uh, oh heck yeah! Oh yes, that one's great. When Lex is in the Flash, his body, his mind is, and he looks. He he goes in the bathroom. He's like, oh, well, at least I can find out who Flash is. And he pulls back the mask. And he's like, 
I have no idea who this is. <laughs> that was one of the best moments <laughs> of that whole episode. That and when uh, when Flash is uh, going crazy in the Watchtower, yeah. and it's like Green Lantern, it's uh, Red Tornado, Doctor Fate, and I think there's one other character, and they're all trying to c- confine him yes. without him doing something to knock the Watchtower out of orbit or blow up things or whatever. And uh, Dr. Fate tries to, to corral him at one point, and the Flash runs up and starts beating on his helmet. It's like a bell, yeah. and it just starts shaking. <laughs> oh, I love that part. It made me laugh so hard. I fell out of my chair the first time I saw it because I'm like, ah, they actually went there because I've always thought that about <laughs> Dr. Fate. It looks like he's got a bell on his a head, you know. And then all of a sudden they did it. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. It was so good. I, I, love, I love anything that kind of subverts the expectations there where it's like, and you don't think about that. Like, okay, yeah, they got the... Because everyone always goes, well, why don't they just take his mask off? They got it knocked out. Why don't they take his mask off? And it's like, you know, you never think about that. And for them to go there and be like, yeah, Lex Luthor would have no idea who Wally West is. <laughs> like, that, it doesn't even come up. They're not from the same town or anything, you know? It's like... Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are those like Bruce Wayne in that who obviously would be recognizable regardless, but... Yeah, it just I yeah. I was cracking up. I that's a great <laughs> episode. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for joining us on uh, Legends of Krypton. Uh, Legends, Legends of the Hall of Justice. Legends of Justice. Uh, so do we got something else to talk about? I think there's like a blonde haired guy we're supposed to be talking about got, instead of black haired men. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, so we're going to talk about Booster Gold now? Okay, so Booster Gold. Oh, why not? That's a great episode, too. That is a great episode. <laughs> the greatest story never told. <laughs> that is a good one. Oh, I am not Green Lantern! <laughs> so enough DC Universe. Let's talk Masters <laughs> of the Universe. Yeah, let's do that. If I would have known we were going to start cribbing DC tonight, I would have just brought all sorts of craziness to the table. I wasn't prepared. No, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I brought. I brought my He-Man's. I didn't know we were going to play Justice League. <laughs> I said, real quick. I know. I know. We're we're all over the place tonight, folks. Um, they, uh, Steve, or I, I really don't know which podcaster it was because they just put it up on their podcasters of the universe page but one of them actually received their super seven snake mountain uh and they posted oh. some pictures i think that was friday night saturday one in the past couple days and that mm-hmm. that was my comment on there i said hang on i'll be right over mommy i'm going to the <laughs> podcaster's house they got snake mountain <laughs> Stevie's got a Snake Mountain. He said he'd let me play with it tonight. He said I can watch while he plays with it. I'll, I'll be sleeping over in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's big enough for me at least. That's what I told him because he said he, he said, "Well, I'm going to bed in like a half hour." I've said, "Dude, you've got Snake Mountain. This is this is all nighter now." You know, it's like yeah, it's like when a new movie or video game or something came out when we were kids. It's like, no, man, we're getting together. We're go. We're gonna yep. all night. Here we go, buddy. <laughs> I would have been that way too if I if I got Snake Mountain, man. That would have been like, what? It's four in the morning. I'm not even tired. You know? <laughs> I'm not even tired. Your your son would be passed out, like drooling on the uh, the 
the rope bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about about like nine thirty at the latest, yeah. I think he would have lasted, and then pff, he would have been down for the count. Mm. He's four, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good times. So, uh, last side tangent. I don't promise, but we're gonna try. Uh, so where you want? You want to start the comic? You want to start the figure? What? What? Where? Where does Sean want to start? Where do I want to start? Uh, how about let, let's talk about the the character and the figure. How about we start there, and then we get into the nuts and bolts of the story we're going to talk about. So we've got, I got the Masters of the Universal Origins, Scareglow, Mint on Card, <laughs> or as Mint Card as Walmart dot com will allow yeah. it to be. Um, <laughs> but that's all right because we're gonna rip them. Um, and here we go, folks. That's good <laughs> stuff right there. I tell you what, for all the, and I know our last episode especially was very much um, complaining about origins and everything else. I will say this right here is one figure that when I saw him, I'm like, you know what? I gotta get him. Um, mm-hmm. Number one, I will never be able to afford a classic scare glow. So the only way I will ever get a classic scare glow is if I find out when Sean's going on vacation and sneak into his basement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, if I can position him properly, there he is. I, I am a sucker for translucent and glow-in-the-dark figures. So, it was like, okay, this one, I've got to have. Um, and I will say, because I feel, I feel I was a little bit harsh on them last week. Um, as far as the origins go, this guy right here, Scareglow, and actually Ram Man, I could see myself getting, because they just look phenomenal. Um, I think they're both Really well done from what I've seen, you know, in the prototypes and everything. Let's see how he holds up here. We gotta talk about these comics too once in a while. The newest one is called Double Trouble. It's got He Man holding an Orco and an Evil Orco. Haven't, oh boy. Haven't read it yet. I did see that there were pictures <laughs> online, but I haven't read that at all. But we'll read that another time. So we got Scareglow. Um, once again, good, solid joints. Um, everything feels good. Nice and clicky. Uh, angles are nice. Plastic feels good. I know some people have said they feel like the plastic is inferior. Honestly, I, I it feels sturdy to me. It really does. Uh, we got the, the cape. It's actually, it's actually, it's plastic, but it's very giving. Um, it's very mm-hmm. flexible. It's uh, definitely fl- more flexible than any of the uh, classics capes that I have. And it does have, I don't know if I can get the focus, it does have like a texture on it. Um, it's not translucent near the bottom, though. Huh? No, it does not. It's just do, like one. It's one. It's, uh, it's purple. That's, it's a purple cape. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, there's not that's the, what I liked. I there's not the tatters. Not there's not the that. translucency. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never expected that when I before I got the classics one, and I really like that they have the tatters and the translucency in there, so it does give it that like ghostly feel. Yep. 
and then the head. And I like that head sculpt. No, it looks it's I it's like Scareglow. That. They they nailed yeah. it. That's yeah, that, but and that's that's my my big thing of contention of the scare or the Skeletor that we got. It's like why couldn't we just get a typical Skeletor and then do like a variant later with the mouth open or something? Whereas this, that works for me way better than our actual main lead villain. I will say right off the bat, the cape does fit loose, which I'm not a fan of because it does move around pretty easily. I had the same problem with Bo's armor in the Classics line, so it's not just an Origins issue. Um, I always like if they do a cape like this, like it somehow locks in, you know, rather than just kind of hanging there. But, they, you know, small grapes. Uh, the scythe looks good. Single. I'm going to hit a button here, and everything's going to blow up because I keep <laughs> dropping things onto my keyboard. Um but no, he he looks he he's scared a little. I mean, he absolutely is. The oh, my fingers are wonky though. He's got a little. What do you mean by wonky? Little quality control issue. Looks like it got. Oh, that's coming right back off my face. That's kind of doing like a, a Vulcan uh, thing there. He's got like this. His uh, mm-hmm. ring finger is a little bent there. Mm. Um. But yeah, other than that, he he looks good. It looks like Scareglow. Like, good job, Mattel. <laughs> I mean, All right. this is how simple it is. Just make it look like the character we know and love. And uh, I, I do wish they... I'm going to stop trying to put that in his hand. Because I will blow up the podcast somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're still good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really impressed. I mean, it's it's nothing compared to your uh, classic Scareglow, obviously. But... Uh, it looks nice. The only other Scareglows I had before that uh, were the, the Minis Scareglow and the Mega Construct Scareglow, which are both very nice as well. And the the, the Minis does have that two-tone cape as well, where it kind of fades yep. out. Um, mm-hmm. Mega Constructs, they do the same. They do just the plain color. It does come down a little longer, though. A little, mm-hmm. a little longer, a little more purple. This one's got a little more red in it. Hmm. I wonder if I can get... Yeah, he's he's the one that when they started announcing the waves... Oh, here we go. The glow-in-the-dark test. I, can, I might have to go turn off the other light. <laughs> and then Scareglow will be hosting the rest of the episode. That'd actually be kind of cool. We should do that. <sighs> Light coming off the computers too much. Oh, well, it was worth a shot. <laughs> but it does go really nicely. You guys will just have to take my word for it. Because um, he was glowing in the package last night. So ah, he definitely ah. gives off the brightest glow of the three of these guys. He should, because he's bigger than all of them. Yeah. So for me, Scareglow as a character is one. I didn't even know about, excuse me, I didn't even know about him until the late 90s uh, with He-Man.org and everything else. So he he really never held a place 
nostalgia-wise for me. He is one I've come to appreciate, but kind of the same thing. I kind of I, I feel a lot of times that he's pretty overrated, um, especially considering how little he he's appeared, um, and just. I mean, he's a cool figure and everything. He looks nice. I love Glow in the Dark. But as a character, we haven't seen much from him. And yet, he is a character that will regularly... I mean, nowadays, he's always one of the first characters. He's in the first couple waves, as we see in Origins. We saw it in Mega Constructs, the minis, classics. He was in the first year, the first full year. You know, um, he's definitely a fan favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, am I wrong in saying he's the Boba Fett of Masters of the Universe? Like, he hasn't really done much overall, but he's, like, one of those guys that's always brought up as favorite character or, you know, fan favorite. I think think you could probably say, yeah, he would be the Boba Fett equivalent because uh, he looks cool. Yes. But then when you get into the story of him or when you get into... Um, like even headcanon for him, he's all over the place. Right. And it's like there's so little that he's all over the place because a lot of fans took it upon themselves to just have fun with this character that really doesn't have a huge amount of mythology, at least for the American side of things. Right. And uh, like for me, I um, I knew about him when he came out originally in the 80s. And unfortunately, that was when I was also starting to get into other brands and lines because it's like for me with with two of the big properties from the 80s, which was uh, Masters of the Universe and Transformers, Masters, for me, it kind of ended after the 87 movie release because that was sort of like we got a a live action movie and it kind of blew the roof off the joint for me as a fan to go, holy crap, we actually got a live action movie. Right. And then my, my, uh, needing to buy the other figures that weren't connected to either the original vintage or the, the movie, it started dwindling. Right. So here's these, you know, here's clamp champ and here's, uh, uh here's scared low. Here's ninja. And I only had clamp champ out of those. So I, you know, he was one that I I never had in my vintage collection, but I was in a toy store that had him when I was a kid, and I'm almost positive I was looking at like Ghostbusters figures because Ghostbusters was like right at the end of me loving Masters, and uh, I was looking at all the figures Kenner was putting out and all this stuff, and I, and uh, I told you the other day my mom was looking at the Masters figures right. on the pegs, and she saw Scareglow. And she made a point of going, who's this? She's like, is this a new version of Skeletor or something? Because, I mean, it's like, okay, he's a skull face guy. Like, there's only one skull face guy really in the line that, that mattered. And so, um, you know, his his title or his whatever you want to call it, the subtitle for him was uh, Evil Glo- Ghost of Skeletor. And that put it in my head, my mom's head. Exactly. With the retro play. Um, <laughs> um, that put it in my mom's head. She started asking me questions at the at the toy store going, is this Skeletor's ghost? Like, does he die? And and she started, like, making me in my head start going through 
there's some cool stories you could tell with this. And that was how I always thought of Scarecrow. I always figured he was this future version of Skeletor that was dead and made it back. And he was having his own back to fight He-Man because he needed that help or something. Or the, the, the glow power, the fear power. It was like him unlocking something he couldn't have unlocked before he died or something. You know, like I had all these concepts in my head of this character and I, I liked what I thought of him. And I thought it was kind of spooky. You know, it's it's basically saying this character could die if this really is Skeletor, yeah. you know. So there is a certain amount of you didn't really deal with death in this line. <laughs> you didn't really deal with a lot of those kind of heavier issues. And that was like and this is at the end of the line. So there is this feeling of they're going places that maybe the kids weren't ready to go to even or whatever. Yeah. So it made it pretty compelling to imagine storylines with this character and um another thing real quick I, I know we talked about it but sharing it with the the listeners like for me if if i was a kid right now and the origins line is it, obviously it's it's coming out on the pegs and you know people at walmart people go to walmart and they're finding them and stuff if i was a kid skeletor wouldn't look scary to me skeletor right. with that open mouth i mean it's just i'm i have a prejudice against it. i can't help it absolutely but if as a kid, I saw Scareglow, and I had He-Man. That would be my go-to guy to be the leader of the bad guys at this point because he looks genuinely like this specter, sinister character that you don't make fun of. He looks like he's serious. Right. He looks like he's genuinely going to be a force to be reckoned with just from the overall design of the character. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree, and... It's interesting uh, finding someone who actually, because you've heard for years about the the speculation about is he skeleton, like is he a dead Skeletor or is he just a ghost serving Skeletor? And, you know, you're in your mom's story. That's the first time I've heard of somebody actually back in the 80s going like, is this what happened? You know, Mm -hmm. Because I think everyone else, there was a lot of us that didn't know about Scareglow when he came out. You know, we were either, you know, quit the line already or, you know, we just never saw him. That was the other thing. It's like he didn't appear in the cartoon. He didn't, you know, he appeared in the minicomic, but that came with those later wave characters. So if you didn't see those later wave characters, you didn't see him. You know what I mean? Sure. So... It's uh, it's just it's interesting to find out that there because you always hear about that like oh I always thought he was Skeletor. I've heard people say uh, that they used him as their movie Skeletor, you know, because of the white I've face heard and everything. Yeah. So it's definitely um, there. There is definitely more speculation out there than I than I thought there would be uh, when I first heard about him. You know, because when I first discovered the character, I scare glow. Oh, he's a glow in the dark ghost. Yeah, you know, he's on he's on Skeletor's side. But I never thought like, I never thought that he was Skeletor. You know, mm-hmm. um, and not and obviously, so I think I think it's pretty safe to say at this point that their intent with the vintage toy and the vintage mini comic wasn't that he was Skeletor. I, I think that's yeah. safe to say. He was from another dimension, uh, and he had the frightening glow. However, reading 
deeper into the character, thanks to the wonderful uh, Masters of the Universe character guide and world compendium from Dark Horse Books. Uh, <laughs> and the 1986 Marvel Star Comics, uh, there, Scareglow was Skeletor's ghostly double. Scareglow was created to fool the heroes into thinking that he was the Lord of Destruction. He lured the heroes away from the royal palace and he could become immaterial to evade capture. So, yeah, the, the hmm. so the Star Comics, they made him actually like like a like a, a faker of Skeletor, a double. Um yeah. And that's that's actually a pretty cool concept too. I I, I don't mind that either. And then, it, also in 1986, I'm sure they were, whatever they were inspired by was the same source, but the UK comic magazines, uh, Scareglow was a creature conjured by Skeletor in his own image from light energy. In daylight, Scareglow was invisible to his enemies, allowing him to attack unseen. In the dark, he emitted an eerie spectral glow. So they kind of took the fear out of him completely. It was just like during the day, he was like the invisible man. He could just hit you out of nowhere. But then at night, you could mm -hmm. see him because he glowed in the dark. Mm -hmm. So uh, he He's <laughs> one of those characters that I like a lot of the different concepts of him, whether or not they're going to be canon going forward. Right. And uh, pretty much both of the things you said, I already like. And I still like the idea of what my mom and I were kicking around that day at KB Toys. Like, I just, it, it really did make me just go like, okay, so the first question for me is, how did he die? Right. Because that is in and of itself an interesting epic kind of a story because it's Skeletor. It wouldn't be somebody that, oh, well, he just tripped down the stairs and broke his neck. or so. It, it would have to be a big, big reason that he dies. No, no, and then this character comes in to replace him. And then it's like, oh, you know, like for me, they just on on a whole bunch of levels at work. But a lot of these like that whole idea of him being invisible during the day and then glowing at night. That's creepy, too. Yeah. I like that quite a lot. And that would have been interesting just from that would have made Adam more paranoid to turn into He-Man than anything, because who's sure. to say he's not there? Yeah, and you know, it's like that would if you if you don't want to talk about invoking the fear, he still would have the fear that somebody's watching him that shouldn't be watching him because it didn't have the Doom Seekers back in those days. Right. But that could have been that character to do it. Yeah, he's he's got so much potential. He's got, I mean, and then and then you go even with the uh, is he actually a ghost or is he a ghost like being? I mean, because. Yeah, they, they call him a ghost, whatever. But does he actually have to be a ghost, in your opinion? Or could he just... Or, or was he? I mean, like, in that first vintage mini comic, he, he just... Uh, he's pulled from another dimension. So it's kind of like a mm -hmm. Skeletor thing. Like, maybe just all his people look like this, and they glow, and they mm -hmm. they project fear. You know what I mean? Or... Yeah. I mean, how, how dark do you get with this? Or is he actually the ghost of somebody? I, that's the thing, like in my head as a kid, I went dark right. because I loved the idea that you could go there with this line more than other lines because it was barbarian. Barbarians I equated to being something you could do some dark stuff with 
because you know magic barbarians that sword and sandal sword and sorcery and uh you know like i i attempted to watch conan when i was a kid and my mom jumped like an <laughs> olympic superstar at the vhs right. uh the vcr because she saw the naked wood witch part and all of a sudden it's like i can't watch this but th- that in and of itself made me go this is how i want to play with the line though like right. there's there should be some darker moments so i kind of like the idea that um and they did it in in um classics i kind of like the idea he's this like he is a spirit that's basically in purgatory and he's paying for something that he did you know i I really like that idea that he has like a penance and you know he's doing something one way or the other it's almost like if zodak became he was he was the neutrality guy but he almost cited a little more good than evil because of dealing with the sorceress and some of that stuff and filmation and then the comics i almost like the idea he almost could be like the zodak for the evil guys where he's trying to tip the balances and do something with the you know him being in purgatory and him wanting to do something in order to set his soul free or set his whatever free in that way too um that could have been an interesting way i but i think he has to be some kind of spectral character i i like the idea he would not be somebody you could just run up and grab him and, and hold him and like, you know, you, you could put him in a prison or something like that. It makes him a little bit more mm. creepy and it makes him a little more powerful in some ways because what do you do with something like that? Right. 2000 X Man yeah. in Arms would have figured it out. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I think it would have given them a run for their money when they first met him. Oh, for sure. No, and that's the thing. He's, he's, he's a character who when he it, – it, I mean, it, it's it's a familiar trope, you know. A character gets introduced, and they're amazing and all powerful and everything. But I think he really would be like he he comes onto the scene and it's like, well, what do you do? You know. Yeah. Like, first off, if he the way he's set up, if he gets his glow if he gets his glow power off, you know, you're frozen in fear. So mm-hmm. it's like, how do you fight against? That, and then if you add in that he might be some sort of, you know, immaterial or corporeal, you know, then it's it's a whole nother issue. Um, mm-hmm. And I think just for that reason, I prefer him to have some sort of a physical, even if just a skeleton, like just have some sort of a physical body. Don't have him completely spectral. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. yeah, then you're just painting yourself into a corner story-wise because he is too powerful. Like, what do you do then? If you can't hit him, you can't contain him, and he has the fear power, like, you know. Well, it could be when he's using the fear power, he has to focus and he's corporeal then. Right, that's what but I'm saying. Because of the fear, it, like, I, I like that it would be when he's using the power, he's corporeal. And that makes him weak. Yeah. Like somebody else could be there and, and they take him out if he's not focused on them. But if if he's dealing with the person themselves, they can't do anything about it because it's all that nightmare stuff that's, you know, messing with their heads and they're just, you know, stone cold and afraid. I'm just amazed by him. <laughs> that's just my take. I mean, yeah, no, I, no. like I said, there's there's a ton of ways you could take this character because there's never been a legit this is how he was represented other than the very, very few uh, literature right. places that we have to go. The filmation never got to touch him. Um, even 2000 X, they didn't get to touch him. Well, 
So, and we're finally getting him to Revelation, so we might have a clear cut. This is what he does for how that works, at least. But it's like you know, from our childhood, we could just play with this idea all we want. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. No, and he's he's definitely he's he's a fan favorite. He's one that's had lots lots of speculation about him over the years, and yeah. and to this day, he goes for insane prices. Whether you go, you know. Vintage is ridiculous. Classics is 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 laughable. I mean, it's just it's insane. Um, and honestly, even this new Origins guy, uh, considering he's fifteen bucks on Walmart.com, but he sells out quick as the whole line is, and eBay's going nuts right now. You know, it's 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 mm-hmm. crazy, and it's like everybody just take a breath, calm down. This one will be everywhere within a month. Like those. They have shown that they are filling these pegs very nicely eventually, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I did finally see some He-Mans, He-Mans, He-Men, He-Men's at, He-Mans. at, my, at my local <laughs> Walmart. They finally got a, a good fill of them in. Um, okay. So I assume Wave 2 is a long way. And after December, guys, it's not just Walmart. They'll be at Target. They'll be at uh, the mom and pops, the comic book shops. Everybody is able to buy these from Mattel after December. That's when the Walmart's uh, exclusive lead runs out. So, and then Mattel can say that they're sorry for doing a Walmart exclusive lead to this line for people that have been driven crazy. Because it, uh, real quick, I, I found it funny that there have been fans posting over the weekend. Oh, I got Scareglow. And I also got a box of meat somehow, you know, <laughs> like, there's all these random things that are showing up in these boxes or they aren't even getting their origins figures and they're getting here's socks, but it says I'm supposed to get origins, you know, or whatever. And it's like Walmart, man, you are. Yeah. <laughs> or when they, the, I saw one where they apparently just ran out of figures or, or they were just throwing whatever as long as they master the universe. Cause it's like, well, I ordered two trap jaws and I got two man at arms. It's yeah. like, well, it says Master Universe at top, you know, so yeah, at least you got something in the right category. Exactly. And then and then the one that I found that I love, uh, I think it was just today, is somebody goes, hey, I love my Scareglow, and it, here's Scareglow on the card. It says Scareglow, yeah. and it's probably everything Scareglow, but then it's Manny Faces. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, like... I'm going to say this real quick for anybody that had a big problem with super seven and said about the quality control or said about whatever it was, it's like Mattel isn't helping themselves and doing any favors with how some of this stuff is going with origins from the QC perspective, even (laughs) okay. Here's how did, how did Manny faces get a scare glow card back or how, you know, they, all of this kind of stuff. It's like, okay. So, well, you know, and that's, that's something interesting too, because is it that the quality controls getting worse or because of the internet, we recognize it more because, I mean, that kind of card back errors and stuff like that, I mean, that's been going on for a long time. I remember, you know, back in the day with my buddy seeing, like, an upside-down Raphael on card. Um, mm-hmm. The 2000X line uh, in one of the Snake Men repaint waves, all of their Beast, I think it was Beast Man, the repaint Beast Man, all of them had Merman uh, name inserts in them, like the whole wave mm. did. So, um, 
But yeah, there has been I think it, a lot of miscarded figures popping up on the internet here. But I I don't know yeah. if it's any more than what usually happens. That's true, and the internet does make a small problem into a mountain, mm-hmm. you know, mountains and, uh, from molehills and all that stuff. And because we're in these groups, we're seeing a daily right. and almost hourly to you know every every couple of minutes account of what people are finding, what people are able to get, what people are getting shipped to their homes. So, you know, I'm sure, but I don't know. It's just, there is something about it that amuses me when like quality control things. When I was a kid, it would be, you know, like uh, from what I had, it would be, Oh, here's this, here's a comic, but it does, it doesn't have the right, uh, like the mini comic has one cover and it has the interiors of a different mini comic in it. <laughs> yeah. I guess this will be worth something one day. Or oh, here's here's a Prince Adam, but he comes with the gray, the gray power sword instead of the pink one. Yeah. Oh, it might be worse. That was my mom's tagline every time something she saw like that. Oh, it might be worth something someday if you get that one. It's like I don't want that one. I want the one that's legit. You know, <laughs> like I want the good one. But but yeah, I I know even like when I was a kid, I'm sure there was quality control stuff that snuck through and it ended up on the peg. Sure. But it is funny when you see multiple times in one day from a whole different like the one person and then another person and they're all in a different state and everything else. It's like they're getting this craziness happening to them, and it's like okay, so you know. Yeah. Somebody was asleep at the wheel that day, or why did Dan have to take vacation when he did? Because Lord knows Jeff wasn't the one that should have been in charge, you know, or whatever. But uh, yeah, and that, honestly, oh, uh, the miscard doesn't bother me as much. But I saw today that apparently Manny Faces is having a problem where the monster face isn't painted; it's just plain green. So that's yeah, that's something that would drive me nuts more than a miscard, even though. Obviously, ordering online a miscard means a lot more than seeing it in store mm-hmm. because since it was miscarded Scareglow, when you order Scareglow, that's getting sent to you. So, I mean, I get yes, the frustration exactly. and everything, but yeah, there are apparently with Manny Faces uh, that in the Origins Wave, there are some big problems with him right now. Paint errors. So. <laughs> I saw that today and I. I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, and they were supposed to do it where, what, they're going to show each of his faces yep. so you, you could get, get a, a on card with any of the faces, one of each or whatever. And that's kind of cool in that way. And uh, something I thought about, and I think this actually was brought up on um, on our page. Um, I, I never thought of this, and that's just me being a stupid American. Sure. But, you know, for collectors overseas – Origins is a big deal to them because classics is such a costly uh, collection to get right. into. And I never for once even thought of that because I know it's already costly, but I didn't even think about all the fees associated to trying to get one of those. And we're talking just one figure. Right. And if you're paying 100 bucks, say, for a figure, and then on top of that, all the other fees, you're probably in for like 150 to $200 depending. So it's like, you know... I, I don't begrudge anybody that this is the line that they're excited about because they can get new stuff and they couldn't get the classics uh, like we could as readily. Right. And so, you know, like, again, I'm never going to tell somebody they're wrong in, <laughs> in how they what they want to collect or how they feel about that stuff. And when I when that was posed to me, I'm like, 
never going to fight that because, you know, if I was in another country and it wasn't as accessible and easy to get these classics figures, well, yeah, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> it's like, bring on the origins. Let's have them because, hey, it's new, new product and I can at least appreciate that, you know? And so, uh, yeah, to, I don't, I don't want to say I'm backpedaling from last episode, but I'm just saying I understand on a whole different mindset uh, why this this matters as much as it does to the fans. So no, exactly, and that, that's that's it. And I, I I tried to hit that at the end of the episode, but uh, I I don't know if everyone understood it. Last episode, it was just us. It was just us complaining. Like we just we wanted we had issues with the origins Grayskull, and we wanted to have a complaint session. And we had it, and it was fun. And that's, uh, but again, we are not knocking anybody who is excited for this. Anyone who's looking forward to it, I mean, I'm I'm happy for everyone that's that's excited for Origins, looking forward to it, picking up everything. You know, that's great. You know, and I've I, I got nothing else to say about that. This is just uh, mm-hmm. us having a chance to express our opinions. So, um. Real quick here before we jump to the comic. Uh, so in our group, Sean did put out there trying to get some gauges on other people's ideas of what Scareglow is. So I'd like to give a little shout out here. Um, so uh, John Spencer, he he posted that in his universe, Scareglow is the superpower version of Skeletor. So... Um, that's cool. It is. That's like I said. Some people looked mm-hmm. at it as a movie Skeletor. Some looked at him as the upgraded Skeletor. You know, very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then R.J. Clark. Uh, let me get these here. Okay, so here's what he had to say about Scaraglow here. R.J. Clark. What, what, this was when I I coaxed him at I yes. coaxed it out of him because he, he was like to hold I'll on show it in the animated form and I'm like I'm like well just give us a taste yeah. come on. <laughs> so in his lore, Adam is just the latest in a long line of champions from various villages to call, be called He-Man. All of his present predecessors were violently murdered and defeated by Skeletor, <laughs> who then raises <laughs> them. And uses these dead champions as a skeleton, as his skeleton army. So, Scareglow, he said Scareglow is a direct descendant of Adam. I think he means ancestor, though. Because um, he would have been before Adam. Yeah, um, direct ancestor. So, Scareglow yeah. is a direct ancestor of Adam and the most powerful of Skeletor's skeleton champions and is the executioner. This, of course, will set up a showdown between Adam and Scareglow. Um, that's a neat idea, RJ. I'm not even gonna lie. That is a, that is outside of all the normal lore, but that's cool. Like for him, yeah. For all of the champions that Skeletor has slain before He Man comes along, he then turns them into Scareglows, like mm-hmm. that. That's cool. All right, I'd watch yeah. that. <laughs> well, it, it, that's the thing. Like, first off, first off, I want to just say thank you to anybody who actually responded to this because it was awesome that we had a, an interaction here with the fans, and that was something we say it every episode. 
like, subscribe, give us comments, <laughs> give us feedback. And we finally are getting this, and it's like, this is fun. This is what we've been waiting to do. And honestly, it, it's awesome because RJ and I, I think our sensibilities of what we think Masters could be aren't that dissimilar. Like, I don't, I, I don't even go into as deep of a headcanon as he did doing that. But it just made me happy to go, he's talking about murdering. He's talking about killing. <laughs> this is how I've always wanted to talk about Masters, but Filmation just was like, nah, 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 we're not doing that. And him just going there, it's like, this is the dark stuff I was talking about. Right. Scareglow should be associated to that kind of a feeling. So RJ, I think, as a person, is somebody that I am just excited to hear what he has to say now if he, if he answers more. Yeah. Because that, uh, that one made me just smile and go, there's more like me out there. <laughs> and, you know, I will throw it out there real quick, too, that DC Comics, uh, for as much grief as they get, they did something a little similar in that they uh, they said that Scareglows were a type of creature in Eternia. Like, you know, the kids in villages were afraid of being out of the dark because Scareglows were wandering the forest. Um and, you know, it's, I won't say it's always right to make everything kind of a race or a group, but there are certain characters that lend itself to it. You know, Beastman, I've always felt mm -hmm. he would do really well as, you know, being from a race of Beastmen. Um, and Scareglow is yeah. another one where it's like, yeah, there's no reason there has to be just one Scareglow. Like, this is something that could be a concept, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, and not really a species. I like more like RJ says, like they're created somehow. <clears throat> yeah, you know, kind, I, I agree, and that's kind of like the ghosts. Go if ahead. you follow like the supernatural series or something, like ghosts are, you know, not everyone dies and turns into a ghost. Like so in Eternia, I could see not everyone dies and turns into a scareglow, but some do. You know, well, it, it's the troubled ones, the, right. and that's where it would make it spooky. It was. This man, this man was a criminal, and he did X, Y, Z, and and like the thing that I would have said in in my head canon if I did it, where Scareglow was a ghost, and there were other Scareglows, is his weapon is what was used to kill him, and now he has that in eternity to go and right the wrong that was done to him, you know, in that way. So it's that whole him using his fear. And the like his his scare glow light to go after people and, and put fear into them. It's like he's showing them what happened to him and he's showing the darkest things that they could imagine and all that stuff. It's like it all wraps in. It all kind of works. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, and I like that idea that if, if the scare glows were something, it would be they were cursed. Mm -hmm. It's not that they're erased. It's the curse, this death curse that specific people might have gotten because they were horrible in life. Right. You know, that would be pretty cool. However, keep keep Skeletor Scareglow as the most powerful. That's the other thing you got to do. If you're making something, and like RJ said, if you're making something a species or like a group, you need to make sure that the one that's in the show is the most powerful of that, you know. Yeah. 2000X yeah. failed. He's the master. 2000X failed Clawful in that regard. Don't let it happen to Scareglow. 
2000X Phil Clawful a lot. I, 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 as much as I love that line, it's like, oh boy, yeah. that poor guy. So, <laughs> so that's the only thing. It's like you've got to keep him as the master, though. Like this is the most powerful of the scare glows, you know. So, um, yeah, he's he's a neat character, um, and, and just so much you can do with him. And that's basically any of the later line characters because there's not much there. I mean, you, I mean, he's got he's got a full page in the character guide, but that's it. You know, some some characters have two or three pages. I mean, so he's he's had a few appearances here and there. Hopefully, Revelation will show us a little bit more about him. Um, and so, for our review today, tumbling right in because it's not really a segue because we're, you know, it's a part of it. I've just been avoiding talking about this part of him. Uh, we're going to review Masters of the Universe: The Power of Fear, issue number one of one. From MV Creations, published by CrossGen, who no longer even exists. Um, nope. So, this was done, The Power of Fear was done in 2003, a story by Val Staples. Uh, <clears throat> Emiliano, oh my god, I am sorry Emiliano, <clears throat> that was not, let me get a drink here. <laughs> Sorry, I got a frog in my throat. Emiliano, Santa Lucia, and Enzo Fontana were art. Kevin Senft, Senft John Rauch, and Senft, yeah. Val Staples uh, did the colors, Val doing the cover. Shane Corbett was the color assist. Robert Kirkman did the lettering. Yeah. Monica Lopez, Vicky Yeager, Ian Richter, and Jeff Walker did the edits. Um, and then also published in here was Hope, which was a story from 2002. Uh, and what this is, is this was a special comic that was released for Dream Halloween, uh, which is something they don't know i should have looked up if they still do it or not now but back back around 2000 2003 they did uh dream halloween every october um it was put on to help the children affected by aids foundation and all proceeds from the comic went directly to that organization um and it's so Power of Fear was the 2003 story. They sold this in comic shops, and all the proceeds went to Children's Affected by AIDS. Now, there was... Hope was the 2002 story that MB Creations did for Dream Halloween, but that one wasn't released to the public until now. Um, what that was, if I recall correctly, was that it actually went to the kids in the hospital if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, and so that that is in the tail end of the book. So you mm -hmm. actually get two stories here. All proceeds went to, to help children affected by AIDS. Great cause. And this book got MV Creations in a lot of trouble. <laughs> which is very interesting because it has Ian Richter as one of the editors. 
Yeah, I was thinking that just now. And <laughs> looking back in the back here, there's um, there is there's a little letter here about Dream Halloween about, from the guy uh, Joe Christina. He founded the Children Affected by AIDS Foundation, um, and he says that he is an HIV positive executive at Mattel Incorporated. And his whole thing with Dream Halloween is finding a way for the children's toy and entertainment industry to help these children and families that are struggling with the day-to-day reality of HIV and AIDS. So that's why he set Mm -hmm. up things like this Hope comic to give out to children in the hospital and set this up, you know, to, to help raise money to help these kids. So you've got, you've got an, a Mattel executive and Ian Richter, who was in charge of the of He Man at Mattel, then helping to put this comic out, and they got in trouble for it because they used Scareglow, and Scareglow was not on the approved list because Mike Young Productions or the Horsemen had not reintroduced him yet. Basically, that's what they went with. Is Unfortunately, one of the limitations of the comic was that they weren't supposed to introduce any character that had not either been shown in the show or that Mattel was coming out with as a toy. So, mm-hmm. I just, it, it, it to this day, it boggles the mind as to how, you know, and it's, it's I don't want to harp on it long, but just going back to, you know, the inconsistencies of Mattel throughout the years, it's like you got your guys on this and yet this makes it all the way to print and then afterwards it's like you know and i think they just got a slap on the wrist it's not like you know the issue wasn't recalled uh they still had uh issues after this so it's not like everything which i think uh yeah this was right at the same time as uh mv creation was doing their rise of the snake men miniseries and then they had a whole volume after this. So it's not like it destroyed mm-hmm. it or anything, but it was definitely a like, oh, we shouldn't have done that, you know? But it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird situation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't look, I, I looked at the credits when I read it last night, and I was just like, Robert Kirkman? Yeah. Robert Kirkman? And it's like, the Ian Richter thing didn't even register with me, but now it's like, yeah, he's kind of key to this whole line right. back in those days, so... And ah, Emiliano and Enza, they were always, they did the art on everything, you know, back then. Yep. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, but it's, 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 it's a good story. It's, it's a decent story. Uh, unfortunately, I did not have a chance to scan it, guys. So I'm not going to have it up on the screen for you here, but you can just listen along with us. If you want to check it out, go check out heman.org. I'm sure it's up there. Um, but it's, it's, it's a pretty basic story. Um, it builds off some of the stuff that's already come in the previous MV Creations uh, comics where Skeletor is finding the means to teleport and to transport warriors from other dimensions. Um, he's tired of encountering He-Man, and so he brings the villainous Scareglow from another dimension and sicks him on He-Man, uh, in the Heroic Warriors, or I'm sorry, the Masters of the Universe, we're in 2000X territory now. Um, mm-hmm. and it's He-Man, Tila, and Man-at-Arms just facing their fears with Scareglow and overcoming them. Um, 
but yeah, start starting off here. <laughs> I just I, I love the banter. Val Val and every in company, they all got they always got the tone right in this, you know. Uh, I love Skeletor's line in the beginning here. He goes, "He's Eternos, I find He-Man. In the Evergreen Forest, I find He-Man. At Castle Grayskull, I find He-Man. Why do I always encounter He-Man?" And Beastman just goes, "Uh, because he always outsmarts you." And Skeletor just blasts him. Mm-hmm. Well, that is very 2000x. <laughs> no way around that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh. But the, uh, yeah, him laying out his plan here. He summons forth, you know, he's saying he's going to take the greatest warriors from anywhere in the universe, which we've already seen. That's basically how he got Scareglow and Injor in the search for Keldor as well. Um, yeah. And I, I like what they did with Scareglow here. Um, I like how they did it where... His skeleton only shows when he's actually using his fear power. And yeah, otherwise like he's just got yeah. like a grayish black body. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, is, which is a neat idea. It's, uh, it definitely helps differentiate the two. Uh, they gave the, His update looks awesome. They gave him an oversized scythe. Um, uh, I love that size. Uh, uh, a ridiculous collar at some points, and uh, a very, very, very Egyptian mummy. Uh, he's got the bandages for the loincloth and for the gauntlets and everything. Mm-hmm. Very, very nicely done. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I I really love his design. I like I like again. Two thousand X for me is is such a great. It's a great place to go for what the designs could be updated because even now, a lot of those designs still hold up and it's been 20 years practically, you know, and it's like the man at arms from that, even Skeletor and that, uh, a lot, even Zodak. I love the look of Zodak in that series. And, and Scareglow, if he would have been a figure, yeah. oh yeah, he would have been on my shelf. Oh, absolutely. It's a shame they never got to him. Yeah. Um, and I, I love what they did here with, you know, he's, he's, he starts as pure powers, Stinkor, he's got, he's, he's got soap and bubbles and, uh, <laughs> and everything, sponges all around yeah. him, and he goes he's taking scared off. scared to death. Yeah. Yep, I love it. And I do like that uh, Scareglow steps up on Skeletor with his power going, and Skeletor's just like, I possess no fear, and he just strikes him down. That's, uh, that's interesting. I, uh, I mean, you think everybody would have to have some fear, right? But it's, it's, it's putting Skeletor as the alpha dog, which I like. It's. Yeah. Um. Well, just thinking about, like, what fear would he even have now that he's been transformed? I mean, he's, he throws his, his henchmen away in uh council of evil yeah you know like he just throws them their cannon fodder to him and all that stuff so i don't know maybe this version of it, it really is true he really is there's nothing right and he's uh you know scarecrow is talking about how he's the ruler of his world and he needs to get back there and he's got to send him back there and skeletor just says hey yeah, that's fine you want to return to your home world you need to help me first and i do find it interesting here 
they definitely never talk about Scareglow potentially being a version of Skeletor. But they do the speech bubbles the same. I don't know if you if you notice that. They both speak like Skeletor in the comics always speaks with that little red border around it, like kind of you know uh, showing yeah. showing that he's got that that spookier voice. And Scareglow yeah. has the same thing. So that's I don't know. Read into it what mm-hmm. you will, but it's interesting that they went yeah. with that. Um, and then we get to, we get to jungle here and, uh, you know, Adam, Adam, man in arms and Teela are testing a new attack track, which is very much, uh, an updated version of our, our, our vintage attack track, which is a shame that that never made it into the, uh, cartoon series or anywhere else. Cause it's a very nice yeah. upgrade. Definitely. It had it had the uh, the mix of upgrade and also the model kit. Yeah, yeah, with the top and everything, very much the model. With the kit. top, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it just would it would have been nice to see another the you know MYP updated the Wind Raider, but they never did the attack track. And the and they talk about Dragon Walkers here too, which I don't I don't yeah. think they actually meant the 2000X Dragon Walkers. If I got my timeline right, this was published before that episode aired. So I think it's just a throwaway nod to us vintage fans. Probably. Um, just to make us feel cozy. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, I like I like this. Uh, and, of course, Scareglow appears. Adam's told to stand back, so he's, he's like, sure thing. And he takes off into the forest so they can transform. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I like this turn it on the head kind of thing because he shows up and he's Scareglow goes like I'm from a world other than your own. You have created a number of complications for the one called Skeletor. I am here to see that such problems never occur again. And Teal's like I don't know who you are, what you're talking about, but Skeletor's evil. He's misled you and trying to you know turn it yeah. on there. You know the typical thing and Scareglow just like you know what. To, he says, to be honest, I care little about the matters of Skeletor or with who his trifles concern. He's like, I don't care, lady. I just need to kill you, take care of you, so I can get back to my home world. Like, that's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Skeletor is the epitome of, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Right. <laughs> but then he, t- he, he turns on his full glow. And and I find it interesting that the, the fears that they went with here, um, especially the man at arms, this isn't anything that I'd ever, <clears throat> I'd ever really thought of up until this point. Poor man at arms, you know. I mean, obviously he is well, a father figure and an older character. But yeah, I, n- I never thought about it being that his greatest fear could be that his body is just old and weak and he can't keep up and or do what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. I I never thought of it myself until reading this. Yeah. And then I'm like, that makes perfect sense. And I was, mm-hmm. I felt, because like when he introduces himself, I'm like, well, what would be their fear? Because Tila, Tila being who she is, she's usually going up against things that 
most people would be scared to death of, right. you know, and and like Man at Arms has seen a lot of stuff in 2000X. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, hell, in, in the cartoon, I still love the moment he and Skeletor got to go head to head. Yeah. And yeah, he didn't win, but he went head to head with Skeletor right. on an episode. And here we are. It's the whole he's he's afraid of being old and he can't fight. Right. And I liked it. I really did. And I like that you see like the armor falling off of him and he's this really frail old man underneath. And it, it's, it, it does have like this Iron Man feeling to it. Cause you know, Tony being Tony and all that, it's like, it works perfectly here in man at arms case too. Yeah, no. And it's, and that's, and I never thought about the armor that way either until reading this. And it's like, okay, so he's, he's like, he's always making these weapons and inventions and everything because he's trying, he's knowing He's knowing he's getting older. He's knowing he can't keep up like he used to. And so he needs to rely yeah. on the machinery and the mechanics and the inventions. And when, mm-hmm. if those fail, then he's nothing, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's, it is an interesting thing. It makes you think in, in a way that I never have a man-at-arms before. Um, as opposed to Tila's, where it's like, this makes perfect sense. Like, this, you know, her whole thing is just being a failure being clumsy, a failure, not succeeding. Like, that is that is Tila. She is so afraid of not being able to, you know, of being outrun, outdone, whatever. You know, not being fast mm-hmm. enough, not being strong enough, not being, you know... She, she always pushes herself to be everything for everyone, everywhere she needs to be. You know, that, that makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Um, but real quick here... Honestly, I never, I never thought about Scareglow's powers working in this way. Like they're actually having full-on delusions. Adam's watching them, and they're, they're, you know, Tila's on the ground like this, and Man Arms is like, you know, covering himself up, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. a full-blown, uh, like a Mad Hatter toxin almost, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas I guess for me before this came out, I always just thought of Scareglow's fear powers just being like, like more like you're frozen in fright type of a thing. Like maybe you're experiencing that, but not full on delusions. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you had a preference or even a thought to how you know. I the way I always thought it would be because it did kind of surprise me to see them acting out. Yeah. With all that stuff. I kind of looked at it as going back to uh, the beginning of the episode. It would be kind of like when Superman had the yeah. Black Mercy on him, and it, right. it's like he he is just in this comatose state. And I almost like the idea that when he uses his glow, maybe it makes it makes their eyes get white whited out. Right. So it's like they're not even present there. They're in this comatose state, and either they're standing there hypnotized or they fall over and they're just laying there like that. And they're, they're like, they're, they're captive to their mind and their body can't do anything Yeah, like sleep paralysis yes, or whatever. That's the way I always view it. Exactly. Like, and maybe they're experiencing this stuff in their head, but not like mm-hmm. the, the, the acting it out. Exactly. So, cause it, the, the one thing I will say is if Adam didn't see that, mm-hmm. He wouldn't know what he was up against, and that would have made him going through it even creepier right. for his character. Instead of, it, it looks a little odd, and it's, it, I could see it being like, 
him him looking at Orca going, what the crap? Like, what are they doing? Right. What's, he's making them act, you know, like that, <laughs> that would have been more my thinking instead of thinking, oh, they're, they're in danger or it's, they're in, you know, they're scared of something or exactly. whatever. It'd be like them screaming about it. Okay, maybe, but no, yeah. I agree. But, uh, but then he does get ready as they're writhing there. He's ready to, to chop him up with that big old scythe of his. He's... <laughs> Farewell, mm-hmm. heroes, and luckily uh, Adam transforms into a fabulous-looking snake armor He-Man and gets there just in time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and they go toe to toe, and uh, and He-Man sucked right in too. That's that that was another interesting part for. For me, I always thought that He-Man would at least be able to resist Scareglow, at least you know, at least for a moment or two. But he he gets sucked right in too, and uh, his uh, this one. I mean, it's again here. It's not something I didn't see coming, but it's interesting that this is how it manifests. Um, it's basically just the disappointment of his parents. That's his greatest fear: disappointing them. Them finding out that he is He-Man, and them reacting poorly to that, that he's kept this from them all this time. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense. I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting visual here with how the king and queen, they turn into these kind of like uh, monster versions of themselves with tentacles and everything. Um yeah. Yeah, neat, neat visuals. Very nice visuals. I'll give them that. I I think in this part it was the the bit where I was the most. It would have been kind of cool, even though he just turned into He Man, to show him as Adam. Yeah. Instead, and and the thing that I I thought would have been more, and and I get you know this is a condensed story. This is definitely not a full pit no. full Mm-mm. comic. Uh, tale like you were saying it's two two different stories in one issue here but the idea of Adam feeling weak and the idea of you know him going going in that route where it's like you know if this would have been another issue like you had the next issue would have been this the next issue for me if I if I could have wrote it would have been him looking at who am I as Adam and the implication of every time there's trouble, I'm always turning it. This would have been yeah. the, um, you know, the Adam's courage then, yeah. because it would have tested the fact Adam goes, holy crap, I rely on this so much that I can't do this myself anymore. And I'm going to have to be the king, not He-Man right. one day, you know. Um, so that would have been an interesting tale to tell. But in this way, it's like for what for what they needed to accomplish here. It works nicely because there is an element of you see He-Man doing the whole no please and all that, and it's like you're seeing the hero out of his context technically, right. yep. and I like that as well. It, it makes He-Man have that like uncertainty, which normally he's completely certain going into a situation. Yep, exactly. It's it's Adam talking, even though it's He-Man, you know, being there. yeah. He gets to drop that bravado for a minute there when confronted yep. with the disappointment of his parents. Um, mm-hmm. but luckily Orko's there and he's able to, to, to get a message to He-Man and snap him out of it. Uh, and, and Scareglow says that no one has ever broken his spell. No one. Um, so this is the first time anyone's actually been able to come out of it once he's got them in, in his fear power. 
and he, he's actually able to defeat him pretty easily after that. You get And you get that feeling. It's like, okay, so no one's ever broken out of the fear power, so you're not used to defending yourself, Scareglow, you know? He just sits mm-hmm. there. He, man, punt, knocks him <laughs> out, and he just sitting on the ground like, I've, I've never been defeated. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so he just takes off, and uh, He-Man's made, made another enemy. Um... And they, they, <laughs> yeah, the, you help me. Yeah, I don't need anyone's assistance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He oh, means like we could have helped you get back home, but you had to attack. Uh, you know, and he's, I don't need any. Of yeah, he's he's a very he's a very cocky uh, character in this. Very very used mm-hmm. to winning. Um, and then of course you got the you got. Hey man, covering for Adam, and he's sure that they'll, you know, he took off, and he's sure they'll find him on their way home. Uh, and then, and then, I love this end confrontation between Skeletor and Scareglow, and now how humbled Scareglow is now. He's actually like kneeling before Skeletor, and he's like, you know, as he's reporting back and saying, you know, oh, I failed, but you know, please send me home now, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Skeletor says he's not going home because he's got a debt to pay him. Um, Scareglow, Scareglow doesn't feel he owes him anything because he tried to take him down. I love the cockiness of Skeletor. He's like, on the contrary, you owe me for my wasted time. If you want to return to your home world, then you must prove useful to me. It's like, oh, Skeletor is that boss. He's like, I'm never going to be happy with you. But if I am, you know, if I am happy with you, then you're staying. But if I'm not happy with you, you're still staying because I need whoever I can get. You know, like he's, mm-hmm. it's like Scarecrow. He he had no intention of ever returning you anywhere. He sees your power. He knows you. He can use it, and you're his now. You know, and uh, and and Scarecrow vows to to find his fear, to find Skeletor's fear, because everyone has it. No matter how deep down it is, uh, he will find it. Yeah. And unfortunately, we never see Scareglow again in 2000X. Not in the comics or yeah. anything. But that's 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 a neat dynamic setup there. Like, Skeletor yeah. sees how powerful he is. He wants to utilize it. And Scareglow is just, you know, he's, he's, he's a cocky guy. You know, even here, he really is... A version of Skeletor, as in he comes from another dimension. He's the ruler of that world, and now he's stuck on Eternia, where he's getting beaten. I mean, you could definitely make the case that right here, that Scareglow is a stand-in for that old original mini comic Skeletor. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it. Yeah, you could definitely say that. And it's a neat dynamic for Skeletor to be there, going, you know. You're you're gonna prove your worth to me, or else I'm not gonna send you home. And so Scareglow, he's just like so. Now he's just biding his time. He's like, I'm gonna either I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to to overthrow you, Skeletor, to find your fear, you know, or maybe I will defeat He Man and and get my way home. But I mean, if you believe Skeletor is actually gonna send you home after that, you're a fool. Hmm. Yeah i I would love to have seen more from this story 
and unfortunate. Like you said, it, it's this is the most that we got, and um, like it's the first time within a continuity where there is like here's Scaragle, and this is the first time I've even read the book, so that <laughs> that made it a little more special to me too. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, you know, we're we're using the continuity. It's not like it's the mini comics had that one off kind of feel. Mm-hmm. But this felt like it would fit into the story at some point. So coming back to this later on and like 2000X for me was always uh, – the stories always had like there would be an implication that later it's going to be a bigger problem mm-hmm. or something, you know. And and uh, to see Scaragla – and I mean it would have been really cool to just have the whole like uh, – I know Danielle did the whole – the monster mash. Yeah. And have you know all these different uh, like spirit Halloween kind of – feeling uh evil warriors showing up and have them be their own faction in a sense and then have skeletor and then you have uh hordak and you have king hiss and i would have loved that as a kid that would have been you know it's like give me like universal monster movie versions but have them be less like the horde and more legit like the way that they would be and that scareglows deal holy crap that would be awesome so uh yeah my my mind just keeps going further into what they could have done with this but yeah um the overall design is amazing for him in this i love it yeah i do no i love it it's a good upgrade it's a good it's a good story really i mean it's it it's very mini comic-esque as in that it's just basically an introduction for scareglow and everything but it works very well and it sets up these dynamics That should have paid off down the road. Um, and and the cover, if you didn't notice, it's got all of those different uh, filmation uh, creatures on it. You got the, the scorpion creature. Um, there's, um, oh, I can't think of his name from Song of Solis. Yog. Yog's on Yog. there. Yeah, Yog's there. Uh, the Shadow <laughs> Beast. Uh, there's the Rockman. <coughs> Yeah, uh, there's that yeah. Uh, that Cyclops that when the Horn of Evil's blown shows up, and um, yeah, some of the other rock monsters. Uh, yeah, they're all they're all at least based on filmation uh, creatures there on the cover. So that's re- that's a really cool map too. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so yeah, we haven't done a review in a little bit here, but Power of Fear. I'm gonna give it a solid eight out of ten. It's a it's an enjoyable. It's an enjoyable adventure. It has a great update for Scareglow, and everybody feels like their proper character, like they should. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I actually, I felt really it, like it, it felt like one of those uh, deep cuts to read it last night, and it, it's kind of like a. Um, this is a treasure yeah. that not many people maybe got to, to enjoy. So getting to talk about it tonight was really cool. Um, and on top of that, uh, we didn't talk about it, but the, the hope story yeah. that's at the end of this as well. Uh, that is, it's like you said, it's written by Val, but then um, Enza Fontana does the artwork. And I didn't realize how much uh, that uh, Emiliano and Enzo were working in tandem mm-hmm. to do the books until recently. And just seeing, just seeing Enzo's artwork is also gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. So, and, and what I loved is each page of that, 
not uh, to, not to go too far down, but each page of that reminds me of the the original mini comics where you just have here's a visual and then you have narrative running through it and it doesn't have panels. It's just here is a full page yeah. image of He Man doing whatever it is he has to do throughout his day in order to make Eternia safe. And that in and of itself is also a heck of a thing to look at for the gorgeousness of the artwork. I I would give it a 9 out of 10, actually, because it's really cool to have uh, Scareglow in context like this. Love the overall design of him. Love that scythe. I need to get that from Mike McEvil. I've been dying to get one of those from him for my classics figure. And just in general, like this artwork, every dang time I pick up a 2000X book, is always so worth going back through. Um, you can just tell the love that the artists have just when you look at these pages. Oh, absolutely. So, um, yeah, no hopes. So yeah, hopes a good story too. Uh, yeah, definitely check it out. If you've got the book, it's, it's, it's just he man narrating and just kind of an introduction to him and his world and what he does. Mm -hmm. But yeah, each page is an amazing work of our bands. Absolutely. It is. Uh, And honestly, like, uh, these don't go for crazy prices. I found, I got a set. That's how Matt has his. I gave one of mine to him. Yes. I got a, a lot this of two of them. Yes. And I want to say I only got them for like less than ten bucks. Yeah. Yep. So it, you know, as a fan of Masters, if you don't have this, definitely look into getting a copy at some point because it, not only are you getting the beautiful artwork, but you get that Scareglow story. And how often do you get a Scareglow story nowadays like this? Very so. often. Not very often, and it's the only 2000X version, so that's really cool, too. Yep, yep. I absolutely agree. So, uh, so yeah, so that that's our take on Scareglow. That's our take on Power of Fear. Last thing I want to say about it all is uh, we, we, there must have been some synergy in the air. I will say we usually don't date the episodes, but it is November 1st right now, so I think we're all kind of still coming off that Halloween high. Um, so that might have influenced it. But if you also want to check out the Turnia Fact Files by Yuka Isakanen, uh, he has just released uh, episode 8, and that covers the the topic of Is Scareglow a Dead Skeletor? So, yeah. Uh, and I... I won't lie to you, I have not watched it yet because I did not want it to taint tonight's conversation. Um, Ah. But I will check it out now. I'll include the link down below so that all of our viewers can check it out. Um, And that is made by Yuka, narrated by uh, Daniel Galerta, also known as Penny Dreadful. So... Mm -hmm. Just in time for Halloween. Just in time. Everybody was on the same page here. We just made yes. it by daylight, so... Um, eh, story of my life. That's, that's Scareglow. <laughs> um, let me pull up some questions here, because I know there were some questions we never got to last time, because Sean decided to hang up on me in the middle of the call, and... Well, we got some you know how it is. Too. <laughs> yeah, I know if we go... To, uh, if we go another episode, Manny's just not going to contribute ever again, so we don't want to do that to the poor guy. Let me find it. All right, so question number one from Manny Gonzalez. I actually haven't read these at all yet, so let's see what we got. 
what five eps would you have liked to see a five-parter in He-Man or She-Ra if you wanted? What? That one was hard for me on uh, on a few levels, like and if, I'm not going to be able to answer with filmation on that one. What five apps would you have liked to see a five-parter? Is he talking like Greatest Adventures of All style, like just five episodes put like released together, or like we're making up episodes? The way I took it, and I didn't ask him uh, before we recorded, is I took it what episodes maybe could have been made into a five-parter that would have been a big episode throughout a week or something that would have been how i took it kind of like <laughs> secret of the sword right right so in that way i can't think of anything from filmation that i think works as a five-parter quite like secret of the sword oh, I'll go, I'll, um go ahead if go you got it. one i think if you got one I think I got. I, I have to go 2000x, but if you got one, I I, I will have to go 2000x. But you go for I, it. I'm going to go 2000x too because I think that. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, that, I'm, I mean, I just off the top of my head, without having to come up with a whole original story here on the on the top of my head, I'd say in 2000x, I think Council of Evil should have been a five parter if they could have really spaced that out you know, along a week's run where it's like, because that's the one thing about Council of Evil, it's a great, you know, and I'm including Last Stand in that, uh, it's a great three-parter, but I think a couple more episodes definitely would have helped made it feel a little bit more, uh, you could have taken an episode, like you could have started off right away with, you know, them capturing the evil warriors minus Skeletor. Then you could have had an episode where maybe they're still on alert, but like nothing happens. And so then they start to get a little comfortable. Then the third episode, that's when people start disappearing and everything. You know, the masters start getting picked off. And then the fourth episode mm -hmm. could be Adam trying to go to save them. And that's when he gets captured, you know. And then you go into the fifth part where, they, you know, they try and set everything right again. Um, that's where mm -hmm. my mind goes off the top of my head. I think that one could have been expanded to be a week-long adventure. And you would have felt everything a little bit more, especially with the with the relaxing of the forces, you know, of the attorney and heroic forces. Okay. Um, for me, again, I had to go 2000 X because I know that much better than the filmation nowadays. Uh, I would have went power of gray skull. Yep. Yep. I you guess. took the one that I was going to do. And <laughs> I, I had to come up with another one while you were saying it. Power of gray skull to me, I I would have loved to have that really yeah. dig into that because you have Preternia, you have the Horde, you have this character who I'm sorry, like uh, I to this day I hate the line the power has always been in you. I wanted yeah, him yeah. to have to find something that he needed to amass. Yeah and go to all four corners of Eternia to actually imbue himself in some way. And I still would have loved to have seen when he's on the battlefield and he and Battle, uh, Battle Lion are the only two trying to fight against everything, having Vina and the rest of the council all doing something in tandem to either use what he found to protect him yeah. 
or do some sort of a spell of protection for him. And as he gets wounded, each person starts to fall or something. Yeah. You see, like, the, or their connection to him breaks. And then, like, at the end, they're all depleted. And then they honor him by doing what he did with they're putting it into the sword. They're giving the power source. Exactly. And that whole thing deserved better treatment than 22 minutes. Uh, and and I would have loved an entire five-part episode just delving into that. And having bookends of each episode being the the sorceress and Adam while she tells him this and almost the whole, you know, him going, and then what happens? And she goes, that's a story for next time. And then you wait another week. I like and I w- I'm getting chills imagining that because that would have made that that have so much more weight to that episode because oh, everybody agree. loves it because you're seeing something new. But my issue with it is I'm seeing something new that is very frivolous. Yeah. And it could have been something so much more monumental for the brand and for the, the mythology. And instead you have, you know, people going, oh, the power's in you all the time. That's so lame. It's like, yeah, I don't disagree with that. It could have been better if it had him having to go the distance to protect his entire world like that. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, five-parter, Power of Grayskull. And the very last episode being I Have the Power. Yeah. Because he finally yells that at the end. That would like Power of Grayskull part one, part two, part three, part four. Then the final episode, I Have the Power. And that's when you get him doing that, which is still my favorite version if I have the power on the entire show. Right. Him doing it there was was my favorite. No, yeah, that would be great because so. there's so much given in that episode. Introduced the Fraternia, King His, Hordak, Grayskull, everything else. Yeah, that definitely should have been a five-parter. I completely agree. But I'm not going to lie. I would love to sit through a five-parter of Council of Evil any day of the week because that's absolutely up there for well, me. Well, that would have been – Council of Evil would have been the first season's five-parter and then – Powers of Grayskull would have been the second season five part. Yeah. We, we got you locked down there. It all man. works. We got you. It all works. <laughs> all right. Question two for Manny. Which character or lesser known characters would you have liked to see in more episodes in the original series? I'm pretty sure you've done this already, Manny. This question sounds very familiar. Um... Which character? Lesser known characters. Uh, I mean, uh, we, I think he did villains before. I seem to remember doing Negator and. Uh, uh, yeah, this was Master. like last year. Yeah. Last year when we started the podcast, I think. Yeah. So, which character out of the original series would you have liked to see in more episodes? Uh, Lizard Man. I know he had like three, but he he could have definitely had more. I would have. I would have loved mm-hmm. to see him more. Uh, Solis, bring back Solis. There you go, Jeremy. Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> um, and in Michigan tonight, he just woke up and he's smiling and he doesn't know why. <laughs> something marvelous. Somebody uttered her name. Just happened. Somebody said her name. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, anybody, as long as it's a good story, I'll take any of the lesser characters. I, I'm good. I mean, really, in the, mm. the problem with the original series, even characters like, you know, Manny Faces had two appearances. You know, Buzz Off and Mechanic had three or four. So, I mean, really, you make the argument that everyone's a lesser character in the Filmation series. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, 
I mean, for for the heroes, I I hated his voice, but I always liked when Fisto showed up. Yeah. So Fisto would have been one, and and Manny Faces. Yep. He he, it's like He Man, Manny Faces, and and Fisto are kind of my trifecta of the 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 male heroes that are mm-hmm. some of my favorites for different reasons. Uh, for villains. Uh, I would have loved if they could have had a Lord Mask episode other than House of Shakodi. And it would have been kind of cool to have an episode where even like I I would have absolutely loved seeing an episode of Skeletor meeting Shakodi. Because I honestly think Skeletor would have been like, this bitch is crazy. (laughs) Like It would have been that whole thing. Yeah. Because. She's flat out admitting she's going to put the world in darkness because this is what she wants to do. And it's like Skeletor even would be like, but I like it here. You know, like, <laughs> I, I think that would have been in a really interesting way. It would have probably put him in the, the you know, He-Man, we have to team up for this, you know, yeah. or whatever, and, and have to stop something that's bigger than them and put their own things aside. It would have been like an evil seed part two, mm-hmm. but the two of them having to go up against this this, you know, like – Evil witch wizard or whatever. Oh, witch wizard. Evil witch sorceress, I should say. What a witch. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, like she's always my go-to. But it's like Larry Dottilio wrote that so interesting that I'm like, I need more. Yeah. I always need more of that episode because they could do a lot more with it. Any of those characters, as long as a good story, I'll tell you, uh, any of those lesser characters, bring them back. Bring Damar back. Definitely. Damar part two. I... He would have been actually on my list, too, because we had that talk when we reviewed that episode. It's like, well, what happened? What, you know, he went through the portal. Does that negate what happened to him when he was over there and all that? And does he still want to conquer and all that? Yeah. yeah. Let's see what happens. See what happens. So, All right. Question number three, and this wraps up last week's. Uh, to make Sean happy. So I, <laughs> I, I remember that. So I think we're talking 2000X here. <laughs> Who in the Horde would you have liked to get a significant role in Season 3 if we had seen it? So I think he's talking about the proposed, that the, the mm-hmm. allegedly Season 3 would have been the Horde on Mike Young Productions. Sure. So go ahead, Sean, make us happy. I uh, Hordak, he, he would have <laughs> been the easy go-to. If, if I don't go to my easy go-tos, because Hordak on there actually was much more, like, menacing. Yeah. And there was definitely this vibe to him where it's like you only saw the tip of the iceberg of the crap that that guy will do. And he will probably do some really creepy stuff if you have to go head to head with him. Again, that would have been cool if the power of Grayskull would have been uh, longer. Yeah. Um, But actually, the one that I love the design of and I would have loved to see him show up a lot more often was Mantana. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he looked the, his amazing. design. And it, he he just he looked just creepy. Right. And I I always like Leech was my least favorite. I think <laughs> it was it was always Hordak and then Mantena and Grizzlor were kind of tied mm-hmm. depending on how I was viewing it. And Leech to me was the most uninteresting of the group. I, I, I he, he had. The, the suction cup and all that. I was like, nah, whatever. Grizzler creeped me out because of his mini comic. Mantena, just in general, the look of him and the design in 2000X was awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball and I'm going to say, bring me the ladies. Get Catra in there, get Scorpia in there, get Shadow Weaver in there. Um, 
Because I think that's, that's one of the things that kind of set the Horde apart is they, they had more females. And I know it's because of She-Ra and all that, but, I mean, it really produces an interesting uh, force there, and it kind of made it more, you know, Hordak was just like, whoever. If you're going to lie with the Horde, we need you because we need numbers. We're all about numbers. It's in our name. We are the Horde. Um, mm-hmm. But it was always... It was always neat as a kid seeing, I mean, the evil villainesses. Like you said, Shakodi stands out to you all these years later. Evil Lynn, you know, like mm-hmm. all, all you know, you got people who are still on about uh, the Enchantress who showed up in one episode. You know, mm-hmm. there's something about just a, a bad girl. And then for me, when Secret of the Sword premiered and you had like Scorpia going toe to toe with He-Man. Like, that was mm-hmm. like, wow, like, look at her, she's badass. You know, and then Catra was just evil as all get out, ruthless, and I would have really loved to see what they could have done with them in the Mike Young universe. Like, really bringing them up, giving them a neat redesign like Scareglow got, like all these guys got, and really seeing mm-hmm. how ruthless these chicks could be. That could be really cool, so. Definitely. There you go. There's my and it, in my in my episodes, I would have had it that while he's on the battlefield, if Scorpio was in it, mm-hmm. she would have delivered one of the first blows that would have gotten him weak oh, because absolutely. she would have hit him with her tail, and that would have been like part of the whole thing of him fighting them throughout it. He's already fighting this venom that she infected him with, and nice. then that helps Hordak to have the weakness to actually keep going at him then and stuff. But I like it. Eh. What could have been. <laughs> What could have been if I was only, like, older at that point <laughs> and able to go, hey, I can write stuff. No, I can't, but I'll try. I can so. put words <laughs> on papers, maybe. All right. I do words goodly. <laughs> then our last question here we got from new member R.J. Clark. And he says, speculation. I like that. We need to make that a segment. Speculation. Speculation. Which version of He-Man wins in a battle royale? Alcala mini comics, Texera mini comics, Filmation, DC Comics, New Adventures, 2000X, or Golden Books. And I thought about this, and I'm still overwhelmed because that's a lot it's, of He-Men. It's right a there. lot of He-Men's. It's a uh, in a lot of different power sets. You know, you got yeah. You know, I. Okay, Alcala, he, he'd survive a while. Because uh, yeah. he's a scrapper. He's mm-hmm. he's jungle-raised. He's hardy. I don't see him going the distance, though. Just for... Okay. Just because he doesn't have the, the extra power that almost all these other guys have. I mean, Texera, you could... Uh, when you get into Texera, you're getting into the transforming He-Man. So everything from him on, they've got the power of Grayskull behind them as well. Um, whereas Alcala, he's he's got the harnesses and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Filmation, you'd have to say he's probably the most superpowered. <sighs> yeah, I've been I've been going around with this one too because I did read this one beforehand. But, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, and at the end, at the end of the day, you know, Golden Books, I mean, he's not much different than Texera, really. Uh, DC Comics, I mean, you could take it to Eternity War, but even then, I, I, yeah, you know what, it probably, it would probably come down to 2000X, Filmation, and Alcala. You know, that's kind of where I think the others would kind of fall by the wayside. Uh... You got any thoughts here as, I, as I'm still piecing through? <laughs> uh, I, I looked at it from, a, okay, let's take out the ones that that I think wouldn't go the distance. Okay. New Adventures wouldn't go the distance right, for saying. me. Yeah. And and that's just a personal prejudice, but it, it is, <laughs> I, I just can't see him going up against all these other incarnations and actually being the final guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I, I looked at the Golden Books as uh, the Golden Books for me are uh, like he's typically like an adventurer, but he doesn't really have um, he's even tempered yeah. usually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like Filmation, yes, he is the uber powered. Right. And and that's just he would be the hard one to beat. But the thing about it, like 2000X, I agree with you to an extent, but I honestly feel like 2000X, with him being the age he is, it puts him a little at a disadvantage in some ways. Because he does have a little bit of second-guessing himself sometimes, and uh, but there are times where his Adam... Like, uh, in in, was it Lessons? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lessons. When when, uh, the Ramstone is used against him. And he's like, screw you. And he goes head on into it. I think his version of He-Man would get the power of Grayskull and knock the hell out of him during it somehow. I think there'd be something that either Filmation mm-hmm. or some one of them would do to go, okay, you're out of the fight because you got knocked out into Atom form somehow. Possibly. Um, so uh, Texera has temper. Yeah. And that's the one thing where I'm like, I I don't know if I'd count him out completely. Alcala has um, he, he's got a little bit more of like a sarcasticness. It's almost like I'm He Man. Oh, the mighty man at arms has <laughs> shown. You know, it's yeah. like there's that element of it. But I agree. I don't think he would go the distance because no. he's only got the harnesses. He's got no power of Grayskull. So I'd say it, it for me it would come down to probably Texera and. Filmation. I can see that. Yep. And I, I'm having a hard time with that because I, and this is why Filmation He-Man drives me nuts. He's like Superman, where he's too overpowered for me to to be like that works. Like I always hate the minute that like we had that one episode where he jumped in the air and he's forcing something, but he's not pushing against anything. <laughs> it's just he's moving, and I'm like. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, like, that drives me nuts. So, but, and he's also, you know, he's got the even temper. He also has a temper, though. It, he, he he's can. shown that a little bit on the show here and yeah. there. So, but, so. but then I guess that's it, though, because we're doing a battle royale against them from their iteration. So I think the answer's got to mm-hmm. be Filmation He-Man, right? Like, he's just, he's so powerful. I just I don't see I don't see any one of these guys taking him down. I 
And let, because you, it would need a dirty He-Man to really take him down, and none of these guys are a dirty He-Man. I honestly think Texera could be though. I don't. We don't see it a hundred percent, but there is this element to him that he even's a little grittier than Alcala, and I honestly think there would be something he would do that might turn the tables somehow. And I, it's like he kills stuff still. Yeah. He took out the Glorm. So he's somebody who's going over the line. Filmation will not usually. And Filmation's usually, I want to be your friend or something. He That would be the moment because he did the whole, yeah. oh, Ram Man, you and I are friends. They're shaking hands. But then he'd do something where he would take away the power somehow, I think. Okay. He would do something or he'd trick him. And then, boop, he'd be out of it somehow, and then it'd be him at the end. And I'm not saying he'd be my choice, yeah. but just looking at the factors, I'm like, awesome. he's yeah. the guy that I think he'd probably he'd probably try to find a way to get a, a leg up no matter how it worked out. I agree. That's, so I – I agree. Well, I, and that's not I, even – I agree with your thinking. I still think Filmation yeah. E-Man would take it. I'm going to well, go that, with Filmation and, and that's cool. But I can and see I'll where take you're coming from. And I was trying to do the same thing. I was trying to keep personal bias out of it and just look at it as a matchup here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go with – But I, I – go, go ahead. I said we could go with the real cop-out answer of uh, they would all realize that they were on the same side and join forces against Skeletor. <laughs> They they could, but I'm I'm thinking Skeletor is not even dealing with anything that day. He's more like let the boom kill himself. You know, he just be like whatever. But but uh, the one thing I was gonna say uh, is, it, out of all of them, I honestly think 2000 X He Man would probably be the most dynamic in action because yeah. he definitely didn't have as many of the stock animation <laughs> moments in his thing. So he would be doing the leaps and he'd have that like motion background blur going and all this crazy stuff. And, but I think when he would turn into He-Man, the others would look at him and go, that's how you say I have the power. <laughs> you do it like that. And that would be my personal thing going into that. Like, like yeah, a, you, you sing it, dude. You're not just saying it. You're singing it. Filmation <laughs> Phil, Phil turns to Texera is like, why is he twirling his sword so much? <laughs> <laughs> twirl? I, on my Eternia, we twirl. You know? and it's, like I said on the, on the first episode, I, I wasn't sure if they were trying to make it like this is the way they do combat on Eternia where everybody's doing this dance where they're twirling everything at first because that first few episodes it really did make me go like – is there like some kind of like a, okay, he moved first. I get to move now, you know, like an old medieval dance type quality. It just, it, it's still to this day, it, it kicks in when I watch that stuff. Every time. So there, there you go. I got filmation. He's got Texera. RJ, thanks for the amazing question. That was, that was a good brain puzzler. I like it. Keep him yeah. coming, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we ran the gamut there. Uh, let's go ahead. Yeah, we're sitting at right about our limit here. So, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in with us. Uh, thanks for everyone who gave us questions. Thanks for sticking with us through all those tangents. Uh, Mm -hmm. this is a fun night. Uh, Sean, you got anything to wrap us up with? 
Well, you know, on the on the episode, the greatest story never told, <laughs> Booster Gold. <laughs> on today's episode, we found out that Sean and Matt can tangent on other things other than Masters of the Universe. We can. Um, we can. Uh, well, uh, no. Uh, save that for another time. We, oh, we we definitely do, but. Uh, no, like, like, uh, like you just said, thanks to everybody that contributed this week. It, it's, it's fun to have the interaction and, uh, you know, I know that's, that's been yep. something that we both have been trying to scratch our heads going, how do we crack the code? And mm-hmm. we're starting to get it and that's great. So Absolutely. keep it coming. And, uh, you know, anybody who didn't ask questions, feel free, yep. throw them at us. We're going to have a fun time with this. Yeah, check out our Facebook page. I'll put the link down below there. You can ask us questions there. You can drop comments down below. Uh, I'm usually pretty good at responding to them. If not, we might catch them in a future episode. Uh, let us know if you'd be interested in us taking like a segue episode. Maybe talking Tales of the Realm or Justice League or Batman or... Who knows? We we got lots of interest, not just He Man. Maybe maybe we will jump mm-hmm. off once in a while and do something else. Let us know what you guys think about it. If there's something you well, DC, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's right there. So, <laughs> <laughs> and if there's something you guys want us to cover, masters related, let us know. Uh, remastering or anything else, just something you want us to review. Um, and just thank you all. Numbers have been great. I really appreciate everyone joining us week after week. And uh, click all those buttons down below. Like, share, subscribe. We appreciate you. Stay safe out there. And until next time. Until next time.